This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 40. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thank you for being here today, everybody. Today's show is supported by U.S. Legal Forms. If you and your spouse have not developed your will yet, this is the resource that I'd suggest you use. Nicole and I use this online will creation service, and we had our will completed in an afternoon. The process is quick, it's intuitive, and it carries the same legal weight as consulting with an attorney. Before you sit down for another Game of Thrones episode, by the way, season seven is off to an epic start. Take take some time to get this important document completed. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash will to get your family will set up today. Again, that's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash will. Okay, let's jump into the show today. This fall, I am attending a conference called FinCon. This is a Dallas-based three-day conference, and it focuses on the business of personal finance media. Bloggers, vloggers, and podcasters from all around the country come to grow their small business and learn how to provide the most value to their audience, hence why I'm excited to go, everybody. (laughs) Given that I'm slightly obsessed, slightly, just slightly obsessed with personal finance, I am pumped, pumped to attend this conference. (laughs) I'll be like a kid in a candy store. Oh, there's a session over there on improving your podcast. Oh, There's my friend over there, Elle Martinez. She's presenting on stage. That's so cool. Oh, there's a panel over there on search engine optimization. Total nerdery, dorkery, dorkosity conversations. But I'm so excited to go. I've never been to a conference like this, and I'm feeling a little excited about it, as you can tell. (laughs) Conferences overall, like FinCon, that's what I want to talk about today, can be an exciting way to create a physical meeting place, a a homeland, one might say, for all things associated with a brand, a message, or a movement. Brand evangelists, passionate gurus, and engaged followers, like those associated with FinCon, all come together in one place to learn and grow and network with people just like themselves. That's why I'm excited about going. Oh, and there's lots of fun things that happen at conferences as well. There's drinks, there's parties, and there's entertainment, live music. But uh, starting a conference, that's what I want to talk about today, is no small task. In fact, it can take a lot of patience, a lot of time, years in fact, and a lot of capital to get it done right. But if you are successful, not only can you create an impactful in-person event, you can create a profitable business for yourself as well. I invited Philip Taylor, better known as PT, to chat with us today about his adventures in building FinCon from the ground up. PT is an 
industry veteran, having uh, had the chance to write for businesses and large publications like U.S. News and World Report, uh, worked with TurboTax, ING Direct, a lot of these big companies. He's been in the personal finance media industry for 10 years. So given that I've been in the personal finance media industry for 10 minutes, it was an honor to speak with PT about all things blogging, podcasting, and of course, his baby, FinCon. On the show today, PT and I chat about how FinCon got started and the steps he took to grow that conference from 250 people back in 2011 to now 1,500 people in 2017. And lastly, how he's been able to turn this event into a six-figure business for himself. Very cool. If you're looking to start your own conference or you just like hearing great entrepreneurial success stories, join me today for this conversation with PT. All right, without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with the founder of FinCon, PT, Philip Taylor. Welcome, PT. How's it going, man? Oh, it's great, Andy. So good to be here with you, man. Excellent. Well, I'm a big fan of what you've got going on at PT Money and your excellent podcast, Masters of Money. I was actually just listening to it this morning before we started recording. You and I were chatting about uh, 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 trying to capture the essence of excellent podcasts or even audiobooks while you're doing the run because there's so much great knowledge out there that people are sharing, like yourself, that... Um, I personally don't have a lot of time to sit down and read books or, you know, absorb this type of information with small kids, but podcasts while you're running or driving to work, that seems to be a great way to go. Do you, do you agree? Absolutely. You know, when I hit them up most is, uh, I like during this time of year, I like to take a lot of road trips. And so my wife and I will just have podcasts on, 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 on the drives. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Well, learning me, a lot. Can I ask you about that, that, that dynamic there? Does your wife appreciate uh, financial nerdery as much as you do, or are you guys? <laughs> does she want to listen to something else most of the time? How does that work? Because my wife and I, eh, she she's she's come over to my side of of dorkiosity, but um, uh, it's sometimes it's a sometimes it's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think when I first started uh, back in two thousand seven, she was kind of a little geeky about it with me, but then it got to a point to where she was tired of talking about it. Maybe um, <laughs> she's a, certainly a frugal person and sort of naturally bent that way, um, and is always sort of interested in how could we be a little more efficient with our money. But uh, to be honest with you, some of my writings and some of the things I'm exploring on my blog over the past five or six years, she wasn't too interested in, but like real estate and kind of investing things. But um, whenever I brought this podcast back this this January, uh, it gave her a chance to start listening to other people's stories. And she's a big fan of, you know, listening to other people share their story. And the podcast has actually reengaged her with all my content. So she's actually a big listener of my podcast now and has shared it, probably been one of my biggest promoters, sharing it with all her girlfriends. And we have a, a lot of uh, listeners in our local community because she's such an advocate for it. And for whatever reason, it's been engaging it's a different obviously it's a different medium so it's than the blog so it's uh, has a different level of engagement but i think it's the stories really of the people that are you know telling the stories and that's really what's uh, hooked her that's so the, well that's the beauty of it people like reading some people like listening some people like watching if it's a, mm -hmm. a youtube kind of thing but not only have you created a great podcast where you're interviewing some really smart people but you've reinvigorated the flame of personal finance into your marriage that's awesome no doubt yep 
Very cool. Well, can you tell us a little what we're talking about, Masters of Money? Let's talk a little bit about that. What what do you what do you do on the show there? Yeah, so I interview folks who I know from our FinCon community, people who aren't afraid to talk about money online, um, who are willing to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and share the details of their financial mistakes, goals, histories, and successes in the future, and uh, really just lay it all out there on the table, talk about their net worth and incomes if possible, and get it really granular, because I feel like those stories, those real conversations about money, where people are coming from and where they're going you know, is, is what uh, has helped me have success and accountability for my phone finances. And, um, I think though that's going to be uh, very impactful for people. So I've access to a lot of folks in our FinCon community can kind of grab them for a quick interview. And so that's the service I'm trying to provide for the listener is to, uh, is to reach out to those folks who aren't, who aren't afraid to kind of share those granular details and maybe hear some things on a podcast about money that you wouldn't normally hear, um, in your average everyday conversations with friends and family. Very cool. Well, you've mentioned the FinCon community a couple times. Can you tell the listeners of the show what FinCon is? Yeah, it started in 2011. It was the, originally the Financial Blogger Conference. So it's an annual event um, of everyone sort of in the financial independent media space. It's really grown beyond just bloggers. Now we have podcasting, YouTube, traditional media, financial planners, everyone sort of under the personal finance and, umbrella, and investing umbrella who's out there creating good content for consumers. And so uh, we get together once a year, but also we're kind of an online community going forward. We support that with a Facebook group. Um, There are some independent forums and things out there that members of our community have that also kind of support us. But uh, especially just a group of people who, you know, have chosen to band together uh, in an effort to beat the bigger enemy of, financial illiteracy in this world. And uh, we've chosen to be, you know, open and upfront about personal finance and share details and tell stories and basically make this the passion of our lives. And uh, we get together once a year at this event, like I said, to kind of celebrate that, share ideas, uh, talk shop, learn how to podcast better or blog better or whatever it is and uh, reach a bigger audience to, to help save the world from their financial woes. So it's a good group of people. Yeah, and our and our next event is this October twenty fifth to twenty eighth in Dallas. We'll have fifteen hundred folks there. Should be a great time, um, and it'll be our seventh one we're celebrating. Wow, so. Se- seventh one! And, and to let everybody know, um, I have an ulterior motive here. I am <laughs> attending for the first time in October. I'm very excited about it. I cannot wait to nerd out with the rest of everybody there. Could, <laughs> so you said fifteen hundred people this year. That's that's very impressive. So. How, how did this how did this idea uh, come to you, FinCon? Uh, did it start yeah. when you were beginning your blog in 2007, you mentioned? Yeah, in 2007. Uh, the reason I started was because I was reading other blogs. So I didn't just start in a vacuum. I mean, I really was inspired by people who were already online doing what I wanted to do. I really mimicked them early on to try to create my own, you know, spin on things. Um and then uh, I realized I really enjoyed sort of interacting with them, whether that was commenting on their sites or emailing them back and forth or jumping in a forum where we would talk shop a little bit. And then occasionally I'd have the opportunity to meet one of them face to face. And it was in those moments where I realized, whoa, this is really like a it's like, you know, selecting like um, the Internet allows you to just kind of select your friends. Right. So I was kind of selecting these people, these people who cared about this subject like I did. Uh, those are the people I wanted, really wanted to be around um, because having those conversations, like I said earlier, 
led to greater accountability and success with my financial life, but also with my sort of online business pursuit. So I was trying to grow my blog and make it uh, more influential and certainly more profitable at some point. And so all these conversations with influencers and creators like myself just helped to uh, perpetuate that. And so I went to some other conferences like social media. uh, No, that wasn't available back then. What was the one? It was Blog World Expo back then. So I would go to these other conferences. I would go to WordCamps. And I was always be interested in meeting the other financial people there because those are people kind of in my space talking about money. Um, And at some point, I started the uh, personal finance blogger map where I sort of plotted everyone across the globe who had a personal finance blog. And that sort of bred the idea of encouraging people to do more meetups. And I started doing more meetups myself. And then one day, I just after I'd kind of gone full time with the blog, I said, you know what, it's about time we just all get together. Wouldn't that be cool if we all, all get together? And I was laying in bed at night saying this to my wife, and she had heard it a few times, and I think it was probably late. She was trying to go to bed, and she's <laughs> she was like, are you going to quit talking about this and just go start it, or am I going to have to sit here and listen to this one more time? So I got her right up out of bed at that point and went and purchased the domain of Financial uh, Blogger Conference, and uh, the rest is history. I really I engaged with the community to try to – you know, get them on board and to seek ownership in it. And, uh, it was, uh, it was an awesome endeavor, man. So that's kind of cool. how it all, all started. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell, tell me about the first one. Where, where did it take place? How many people came? Give me, give me the, give me the background. Yeah. We decided to have it in Chicago Bas- using my map. I sort of plotted how the, how, if we, where we would put it, if, if we could get the most people to drive in to make it a little easier uh, for folks to be there. I mean, that was kind of silly because as soon as I announced the conference, people came from all over the the world, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, we ended up having 250 folks in Chicago that first year. Uh, I'm from Dallas, so planning a conference in Chicago out of my own town was a little tricky, but um, I uh, – I figured it out. You know, I really didn't have an event background, but I knew I wanted to be around these people. And to be honest with you, I could have had it in a gymnasium with brown bag lunch and they would have been totally stoked and <laughs> really happy to do it. But, uh, you know, we did the traditional things like get a hotel and have keynote speakers and, um, you know, have sponsors and all that stuff. So I sort of mimicked what I was seeing some of the other uh, conferences I'd been to doing. Sort of took all the positive things I saw from those events and certainly asked members of our community uh, to help me cre- create an, the event, um, taking sur- giving, giving out surveys and just kind of asking questions in the forums and things. And we eventually got to, yeah, Chicago in 2011, 250 folks. It was a blast. That's awesome. So y- you mentioned <clears throat> that you brought people there and you got really, they got really excited about it. And mm-hmm. no matter where they were around the, the globe, it sounds like, they came, even if there was, you know, uh, us just talking in a hotel and, and brown bag lunching it, because mm-hmm. they were so passionate about this subject and the, it sounds like the partnership that you had developed with them online and this community you've built. So I guess if anybody's really looking to build a conference like this from 250 people in year one to 1,500 people in this is year seven now, Get get engaged with your community, it sounds like, right? Is, was was mm-hmm. that your secret to success for this? Absolutely. Well, what I really did was I went and found a community who already wanted to be together, right? And so that's the that's the softball of event planning. Go find a group of people who want to be in the same room together and then provide a room. I mean, that's like the easiest 
way to just do events, right? Trying to create something out of scratch is a little more tricky where you have to market it heavily or, you know, do a lot of advertising. Well, for this event, no. I mean, I just found the group of people who I knew wanted to be together and, um, and, and not only wanted to be together, but wanted to create something together. And so I, I didn't create just in a silo, create something for them. And they showed up. I mean, they 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 participated. I was I created an email list um, immediately with the website. Created I think a Facebook page or something where people could sort of talk about it in the forums. We had threads talking about it. So I was soliciting all the ideas. Um, people were submitting things. I was engaging them to participate as speakers. Um, yeah, throughout the whole process, I tried to include everyone as much as possible. That way, when they showed up. Um, that sense of community and ownership was still, you know, was still there and they weren't showing up to someone else's event. They were showing up to their event. I love it, man. What type of conversations were happening in year one of those 250 people during your time in Chicago? What, what was the format and what type of conversations were happening? Yeah. You know, I thought initially we would want to talk a little bit more about money than we ended up talking about. Um, we, uh, we did talk a little bit about personal finance, but for the most part, most, most folks wanted to learn how to create better content, whether that was on their blog or a podcast or wherever, how to get that content out to more people. So how to promote it, uh, whether that be through social media or, you know, SEO or some type of email marketing or whatever it was. And then lastly, how to profit off of that, uh, you know, model. So as an independent, you know, small publisher online, how do you take what you've crafted, your beautiful thing you've made that's reaching tons of people? And then how do you sort of turn on a, you know, revenue to that? And, uh, you know, typically we talked about affiliate marketing or, um, you know, things like uh, products and, and serve digital products and services or even uh, financial planning or coaching. So, um, that's kind of the model we've stuck with. That's what people seem most interested in talking about when we get together at FinCon is, is really how to talk, talk and shop the, the shop behind the money media machines um, that are out there. But we're all financial geeks and, you know, really with a positive money message. So moving people toward a positive place with their money. So um, we are, sort of have that as our underpinning. But it's kind of how how things get done is what we end up talking about. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk about how it progressed from there. Two, 250 people to 1,500 people. That's very impressive yeah. as you've built this community and provided a lot of value at the conference. People people attend a lot of conferences, but do they come away with you know actionable items that they can really be successful, whether it's in their their blog or, or, you know, things our podcast, or if they're going to a conference just to talk about their small business or their business, they need to come away with something actionable. And uh, it sounds like you're creating a lot of value. So how did you scale up from year one? Well, to be honest, um, I did, I wasn't very strategic about it probably at first PT money, my own site was doing very well. And so, and in a, in a way the conference was sort of distracting me from that. Um, that sounds weird now because the FinCon is such a big part of my life now. But back then, um, it was just this thing I did, you know, this extra thing. Um, how did I scale it? I, I think it naturally the word sort of uh, – oh, let me back up a little bit. We're sort of – we are somewhat of a media conference. And so I think one of the things I did well – did early on well was try to encourage people who attended the event to create content while they were there. 
And so then when they went home, they blogged about it. They pr- put, put out videos. They put out podcasts about the event itself. And so I had them all at the event producing content while they were there. And so that material, I didn't even realize it, was would then become natural marketing material for the event. So they all went home and talked about it. Um, and then uh, that, that sort of naturally marketed the event. So marketing sort of took care of itself. Um, I think I immediately switched the name from Financial Blogger Conference to FinCon because more than just bloggers showed up. And I felt like I was doing a disservice to the community by sticking that blogger label on it. Um, nothing against bloggers. I'm a blogger myself, but uh, you know, we really needed to expand the scope of the event. And so I noticed that more people wanted to be a part of it than sort of the label was allowing. So I kind of, you know, switched that name to FinCon to kind of make that transition. Um, what else did we do? I, um, I think starting the Facebook group was huge. Um, I, I think we started that after the, after the first one. Um, one of the attendees encouraged that, that we would have a place to continue sort of the conversations after the event. So but I think your, it's a your be- first point of, of marketing to marketers mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense because they're going to leave your marketing conference or your, your conference and then go market for themselves and your conference. So, I mean, Yep. We call it word of mouth, but really it's it's expanded social media and mm-hmm. you know digital marketing. So and that and that probably didn't cost you much. I mean, as far as advertising and things like that, because you're 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 getting with a group of evangelists here of, of your brand that that want to spread the word, right? Yep, exactly. And um, yeah, like you said, it, it's you know it's not something you have to pay for, but it's something that as an event planner you should try to encourage. So. You, and we, we push that every year. Now we're smart about it now in that we help uh, podcasters, for instance, po- do their shows live from the FinCon stage. So we actually set up the equipment. We get a sponsor behind it. We sort of facilitate the process so that they know they're coming to the event and they have a spot. They have a time to produce their show live at the event. Um, we're going to do the same thing with video this year for the first time. Um, so we really are fostering sort of that ability to, to help creators do their thing at the event. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Uh, I had one more thing to, to share for future event planners out there. Um, I forget now, but, okay. uh, yeah, I yeah, interrupted me- you. So you know, that, that probably <laughs> messed up your train of thought. My bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, just, it's been fantastic to see. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, you know, as an event as an event planner, you you know, with the event itself, you're going to naturally have a create a little mini community, even if you don't have one beforehand. So it's important to capture that community after the event. So I think a Facebook group or some other type of place where, you know, the people post event can come and stay engaged online 24 um, seven after the event is is huge. So if you can figure out a way to stay involved with people other than at the event and be important to their life uh, as a service, um, and then more likely they're going to come around for the next year because they're they're part of the community now. Absolutely. Well, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, this this advice that we're talking about, I'm just thinking about the event planner that's starting their first conference and thinking about, wow, how am I going to even get just 250 people to show up to my conference, let alone 1,500? These are great nuggets for them to think about. You know, getting getting a uh, a lot of engagement before the conference happens through social media, through a community, through Facebook, and trying to create relationships. Yes, online, but then that turns into in person conversations and relationships. 
getting those people to come who are passionate about your brand and the topic that you're talking about, getting them to be your marketing channel or getting them to be your, mm-hmm. your trumpet for, for the conference. These are great nuggets for people who are looking to start their first conference. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. So let, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, FinCon as a business for you. I know you're doing ptmoney.com. You're doing Masters of Money. You've got these different streams of income for yourself. How, after five years, has is, is, is FinCon become something that you can also say is a profitable, profitable business venture for you? Absolutely. Yep. It, uh, in 2015, it sort of uh, hit the mark of of taking over my my financial my my financial portfolio i guess um that's when it became a profitable a truly profitable like business and uh yeah it's certainly it's probably in terms of bottom line in 2016 or 2017 i expect it to be probably tenfold what i make at ptmoney.com so yeah probably 85 percent of my business portfolio. That's um, awesome. it's, it's doing well. Yeah. So it, it, it first hit, uh, probably, uh, I would say close to six figures, uh, a couple years ago. That's so awesome. it's, yeah, it's doing good. So, yeah. And that, 
And that comes from sponsorship sales as well as tickets. It's about 50-50 split. Um, and then, of course, I have two full-time employees now and with the conference and, um, and various expenses uh, involved with the event. And, uh, yeah, we're able to do pretty good. That's great. So when did you add those two full-time employees after the first couple of years and realizing that uh, the, the work was getting a little nutty? Or how did, how did that work? Yeah. So one has been with me from the start. She was my virtual assistant uh, back in the day with PT Money. And then she helped me do the event. And uh, she's worked sort of part-time for me ever since that point. Uh, I brought her on full-time this January. And then the second person is someone I brought on in March of this year, and she has done our event uh, uh, design and sort of promotion and marketing, some of the marketing for the past uh, four years, I believe. And so she's done most of that part-time on contract basis, and I just decided it was time to to bring keep her talents inside. Um, she's a real talented uh, artist, and so um, I didn't want to uh, – I didn't want to share any more with any other business owners, so right. I brought her full-time. So, so she's more on the design side as opposed to the event management side. So the logistics and how, how that all works, is that is that more on your side or volunteers? How does that work? Yeah, so Jessica, who was my first hire, is the event manager. And so she does the hotel, current sponsor management, uh, sort of attendee, customer service, um, and things like that, sort of the core, the hotel you know, back and forth, all that stuff she does. So she's our event planner. I'm more, I consider myself more of the attendee advocate for the event. I'm still heavily involved in planning the event, but, uh, and certainly the marketing and promotion of it, I'm all over that. But, uh, you know, I, I sort of insert myself as an attendee yep. in terms of the whole planning process and engagement with the hotel or engagement with whoever. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just sort of try to fill that role wherever needed. I think that makes a lot of sense too, because um, not only are you the host and this is your your show, you you need to continue to maintain the essence of the brand that you originally built back in you know 2011. Those 250 people that were just so jazzed about traveling the globe to come here, yeah. you got to make sure that that remains as you continue to get you know that this goes from 1500 to 15,000. You know. Uh, how do you how do you plan for that in the future? How do you maintain the the excitement level and the purity of what you developed in 2011? I just try to be a good listener as much as possible uh, and open to criticism and just try to stay, like you said, stay kind of involved. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, Masters of Money. I uh, was to stay in tune with the people who are part of my conference, um, see what's you know, working for them, what's happening for them, and also be participating in the in the industry. Uh, so I think one is just participating in the industry or having someone on your team who is um, trying to be a good listener. We solicit advice through our first email that we send out whenever someone signs up for the conference um, by paying attention to the Facebook group on a daily basis. There's probably 15 or so posts that are uh, – that people submit to that Facebook group on a daily basis. And so we just try to stay engaged with that. I'm watching all those and uh, trying to participate in some of that conversation. Um, yeah, that's the challenge yeah. uh, as, it, as it scales. To be honest with you, I don't know how much um, 
I don't know that you mentioned fifteen hundred to maybe fifteen thousand. Yeah, I know you're just, maybe, know maybe you're just that, kind of joking. It's my hyperbole, but I mean, I guess sure. that, that's a good question. Where I guess where do you see this conference going? Do you do you feel like fifteen hundred? Wow, okay, I think this is good. This still maintains maintains the intimacy of where I want to be, or it could grow a little. What what do you think? Yeah. To be honest, we lost a little bit of our intimacy the last couple of years as we went from about 700 to the 900 to 1250 last year. So we've already kind of lost that. We're getting actually some negative pushback on that. Um, I, I still feel like it's the right people at the event. So it's mostly c- creators, people who care about personal finance and investing who are out there creating good content. That community continues to grow, whether that be from just upstarts, individuals who may not even have a financial background, um, who just want to share their information online. Did you know The internet has made that possible. Whether that be from financial planners who realize they need to market their services through these new digital channels, or whether that be from traditional media outlets who are you know, giving up on sort of legacy media opportunities and moving toward more freelance stuff. Um, we're growing. We're, we're, we're naturally, we're a honeypot for these various industries and sort of, uh, you know, things that are happening in, in the, the various spaces that are kind of bringing people to us. Um, so we're naturally growing in a positive way, but what we need to focus on as an, an event. And I think we're going to nail that this year. I know we're going to nail that this year is creating pathways for attendees when they come to our event, uh, that, that put them in front of the right people. So they may not, even though we have 1500, what I would say, 1500 of the right people at the event, they're not all, all those 1500 people aren't right for you to interact with at the event. So you need to know, Andy, when you show up to our event, you know, who you should be wanting, who you should be meeting, Mm -hmm. Um, and then make it easier for you to kind of make that, uh, make that happen at the event. Um, so creating sub uh, long story short, we need to create sub niches within the event and, and connect people with who they need to connect with while they're there, um, and create pathways for attendees so they can know to make efficient use of their time. Because that's what attendees are complaining about when they say it's getting too big. What they're really saying is, is not, it's inefficient for me to come to this event and, and do and feel and, and be what I need to be while I'm here. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, but to answer that, I guess the bigger question, the only way we, I would think would grow it beyond this point, um, in terms of the no, natural pace that we're seeing right now, which is a pretty comfortable pace for us. Um, the only way we'd grow it beyond this is if we introduced a, a consumer element to it. So we've actually invited our readers, listeners, and followers on our consumer financial channels to be at the event with us. Um, and you, we're actually starting to see a lot of that naturally happen. Believe it or not, we have people show up who just are personal finance geeks who don't have a blog or podcast or anything. And uh, we really, you know, we're working to maybe transition the event to have some elements that will be a fit for those types of people. Um, and so, you know, there's that has we talk about 15,000 people. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that, that's super that, interesting. Absolutely. That, yeah, that growth. could be. Yeah, that could be really big if we become like the you know the money conference with people who just want to fix their finances. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, that's I don't know. That's sort of still in ideation mode or dream mode right now. So that's we'll see. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I love talking to you about this. I'm actually in the events business myself too, so I have a little bit of the background. Um, so uh, the the we were talking about almost subcategories or niching it for people so they get the most out of the out of the conference uh, I, could that happen through the registration process uh, what, what what do you think the best way for people to i guess 
discover the right track for them at at FinCon? Yeah, so uh, certainly you can uh, do your own research, you know, um, get the app, get the magazine, get the listen to the podcast as leading up to the event, sort of take in all these things and sort of figure all this out yourself. But what we're actually hoping to do this year is create probably five or six what we avatars of attendees types and actually physically create like what would be the most optimal given our given our current schedule, current list of topics, uh, current uh, events that are happening at the event. Like for this particular avatar, what pieces of that should they 100 percent try to go to and then what should they consider skipping or whatever and so we're going to create these pathways and then we're going to look at those pathways and we're going to try to uh, determine if there are any gaps in that if we need to fill in some things for those people or try to take some things out or shift things on the schedule so that's a little inside baseball but if if i was coming to the fincon this year um you know i would uh i would ask uh, a friend in the facebook group and maybe to give me some guidance on that, I would take the app as soon as we roll out that out um, and dissect that the schedule. Look at the, uh, you know this all the sessions. Have confidence knowing we record all the sessions and we give them to you for free as long as you pay to attend the event uh, after the event. Um, in fact, we started making those actually public on YouTube uh, this past year. So don't feel like if you have to miss a session to you know, to go to a networking event or to meet with a partner or meet with a blogger you want to meet with, um, that all is lost because you actually get a recording of that session a couple of weeks after the event. Uh, so you'll be able to make up all that education piece. So I love it, man. Continuing yeah. to pri- provide value, not only at the conference, but afterward in, in the yeah. process. That's great. So we've, we've talked about the business of your conference for a little bit. Let's, let's talk to the, the, potential or people who have already bought their tickets to go to FinCon and just talk about what they might expect in 2017 this year. We know it's in Dallas, October 25th through the 28th, right? That's right. It's going to be four days of of a just super fun, energetic community, people who have all invested time and energy to be there, um, oftentimes not coming on the company dime. It's their own, out of their own pockets. Um, so they are jazzed to be there, excited to meet their friend, their online friends, see them in real life, and then um, you know meet new people. So you can expect great keynotes. We've already announced um, Darren Rouse from Pro Blogger will be giving a keynote on one of the days. We have a couple of uh, big keynote announcements left. We have what we call big idea talks, which are TED-style, high-impact, uh, quick talks, which will be given from the main stage. So those are, those are some of the, I guess, premier talks at the event. We also have you know, over 100 breakout sessions and panels that folks can uh, listen in on. That's over seven tracks, um, and so you have a lot of, to choose from. Some of those are in our, our main tracks, but some of those are also in the expo hall where uh, even as you're mixing and mingling with uh, you know, some of our exhibitors, you can pop over for a quick 15, 20-minute session in one of our uh, sessions in the Expo Hall. I've already mentioned the live podcasting. We also have some live video going on. Um, we have plenty of parties, Ally uh, Bank slash Trade King, or now just Ally Invest now, is throwing our huge opening party this year. So that'll actually be on Thursday night before. Uh, the night the night after our first full day, we're going to take that to a uh, a fantastic restaurant bar in uh, in Dallas called the Rustic. It's one of my favorite places. Um, it's going to be like 
an overdose of like text is awesome, like music and food and just fun and uh, a great way to kind of kick off the, the event. So lots of parties like that, lots of uh, nonstop, like just fun, man. Yeah, That's education great. and fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to attend. I'm uh, I'm pumped about it. Obviously, this is a perfect topic for me and a perfect conference for me. And it sounds like if you are a general fan of personal finance and you don't have a blog, you don't have a podcast, you don't have a vlog, this might not be the right conference for you. Is that right? Uh, it's becoming that. We have something special we started last year called the Your Money Meetup, which is on Wednesday night. So it'll be on the 25th. Uh, and for that, we actually... Uh, have talks which are all personal finance related. Um, it's a two or three hour uh, opportunity that's separate from FinCon. So you could actually buy an individual ticket for that. I think they were maybe 25 bucks last year. So it might be an opportunity for a personal finance geek to check that out. But also this year, what we're starting for the first time or considering starting is the money conversations track. So we'll have a track which is all about personal finance. Uh, we'll have you know, if you want to come meet your favorite blogger, podcaster, whatever, I mean, they're going to be at the event. So uh, it might be a good opportunity just to be there. But, you know, it is a it's an industry event at this point, I would say, um, mostly and, uh, you know, mostly talking marketing business. So uh, probably tailored mostly toward those people, but, you know, probably enough hallway and uh, side conversations about personal finance and sort of um, improving your financial life. For, for someone to get it, you know, get get something out of it. So that's great. That's great. Well, <clears throat> I wanted to ask one question back for the 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 person who's starting their first conference. And mm-hmm. if you had to give some them some advice, if you're looking back at 2011 and how you've grown it from 250 people to 1,500 over those uh, over those years, what what couple pieces of advice? I guess. If you had to choose a couple things to say to that person who's just starting out, what was the most impactful way that uh, you've approached the conference in growing it from 250 to 1500 over those years? So we've already talked about the community aspect of it. So definitely engage with the current community or help uh, and or help foster one as you go along. Uh, one of the, the other things I did early on in planning, which I think is important for the first year, when you just have no idea, is anyone going to show up? What is this going to look like? How do I know how many T-shirts to buy? All this stuff. One of the things I did early on, because I'm a risk-averse guy, is I, I planned for two conferences. So I planned for a 100-person conference and a 250-person conference. And I built triggers sort of into my system where if I reached 100 people, then I would turn on switches to make the conference work for 250 people. And so I allow myself some flexibility. I had conference A I was planning. And if I didn't get beyond that 100 people, I hadn't risked the things I was going to risk if I was planning for the 250 person conference. So I think creating like two models like that early on uh, can sort of help you get comfortable with the idea of, of sort of planning in the unknown like you're doing. Um, other than that, I would say, uh, go out there and find the people who, you know, are, are inspiring to you, who you want to help participate in the event. I mean, that's what I did those first few years. I just reached out to my, my heroes in the personal finance space and said, Hey, I want to put you on the stage here. I want to make you my keynote. You know, I don't have much to offer other than making you my first keynote at this point, but for enough people, that's an honor and a, you know, a place they want to be that, uh, it can oftentimes work out. So, 
uh, don't be afraid to reach out to those uh, those superstars, people who've inspired you to involve them and find a way to for for the event to be valuable for them. That's great. Well, that's actually that's a good point because you know some people don't have the big budgets to get the big names in the beginning, mm-hmm. but if you create a relationship and you're providing value to them by giving them a platform and then vice versa, you know, you can make a connection. And obviously if you're in personal finance, you know all about the bartering system or <laughs> the ability to find, uh, to find good deals. So certainly, <laughs> well, congratulations on everything that you've built PT. This is an incredibly exciting story. Uh, how you've built this conference from 250 people to 1500 in a short period of time. And you're really inspiring people to build up their small business and uh, and really create a an impactful life for themselves. So congratulations on everything that you've been doing. Where, where can people find more information about FinCon? Yeah, hit, a, hit it up at FinConExpo.com or also on Twitter at FinCon. Excellent. And then if people want to talk to you, because I think maybe we're opening up a little niche here for you about supporting, <laughs> supporting people who are interested in starting their first conference. If people want to reach out to you just about anything uh, uh, that you're yeah. doing, uh, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, my email address is pt at ptmoney.com, and I'm on Twitter at ptmoney. And yes, I love talking events. I'm in an event mastermind group. I actually share an office with the founder of uh, the podcast movement, and so he and I talk shop every day here in Dallas. That's great. Excellent. Well, well, thank you again for your time, man, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Andy. Now I'm even more excited about going to this conference. What a great conversation. What, What a great story of persistence and truly building something that you're passionate about. PT, congratulations on your success in building a profitable and growing business that truly helps people win in their small business. I'll report back to everybody after the conference and let you know how it went. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm pumped to go. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll come away with some very impactful knowledge and some actionable advice that will help me improve my writing and this show, this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about PT and maybe you're thinking about attending FinCon, I have all of the links in the show notes at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 40. At that same link in the comment section, let me know if you have a conference of your own or you're thinking of attending FinCon this year. I'd love to have a conversation with you all. I just checked actually on the FinCon site and there's a discounted price for tickets that you can take advantage of before July 30th. So if you are thinking of going, might be worth trying to book it in the next, let's see, what is that, six days. Looks like uh, a decent chunk of savings if you went there. So I hope to see you all there if you are going. If you're enjoying this net worth boosting podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review for the show in iTunes or Google Play or I guess any of the other podcasting listening formats that you guys might use. Uh, Right now, the show has 28 five-star reviews on iTunes. So that just makes me smile. And it's growing every month. I I really appreciate the people who've done that already. I want to share one. Uh, Here's a really kind one from Danny. Because he comes from a place of experience, the podcast host, Andy really knows his stuff when it comes to building wealth and creating a solid foundation for your family to prosper. And you can tell by listening that 
Andy is a cool guy. Thanks, guy. That's pretty cool. With a fun personality, mixing education with entertainment is always a good thing. This podcast gets it. Don't be surprised if it's one of the top podcasts in a few years. Wow. Danny, thank you so much for your kind words, man. Honestly, all of the hours and hours I put into this blog and podcast are all made worthwhile when I hear feedback like that. And I, everybody, I swear that Danny isn't my mom, isn't my mom's name. He's a real person. (laughs) Actually, that reminds me, I need to chat with my mom about leaving a review for the show. (laughs) I digress. If you're digging the show and you're an iTunes listener, please go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash iTunes and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it, everybody. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from the co-founder of Twitter, Biz Stone. Timing, perseverance, and 10 years of trying will eventually make you look like an overnight success. Here's to your success, everybody. Carpe diem. Carpe diem.